Welcome to 2022. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Came to enjoy fellowship with one another. If you are a guest here for the first time, we would appreciate your filling out the Connect card that you'll find in the rack in front of you, the hymnal rack. You can put it, deposit it in the, the offering slot on the back wall or just leave it sitting there beside your seat would be fine. I wanted to remind that Wednesday evening at 6.30 that uh, Brother Carvin will be in charge of the service and then next Sunday, Scott Lamb will be back with us. I wanted to share something. Last evening, for hours, I started sorting through old pictures, even my, my, <laughs> my grades and whatnot when I was in school, and I came across a reading of, that my mother wrote. Often when, when we lived in the country, her morning meditation was down at the pond, and then she would write a number of times. And this is one that I wanted to share with you this morning. She entitled it, Letter of Thought. I must go shopping. I am completely out of generosity and must get some more. I want to exchange the self-satisfaction I picked up the other day for some real humility. They say it wears better. I must look at some tolerance, which is worn as a wrap this season. Well, I'm a little low on that and can never have too much of it. I must try to match some patience. I saw it on a friend. It was so becoming and might look equally as well on me. I must remember to get my sense of humor mended and keep my eyes open for some inexpensive Goodness, it is surprising how one's stash of goods is depleted. Yes, I must go shopping today. And I thought if we did that every day, we would really be in tune with God and the world would see us as his children. I just wanted to share that a little bit with you. Now, January, we have birthdays and anniversaries. So we're going to sing happy birthday and happy anniversary to those who have birthdays. Do we have them on the screen? Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Now, anniversaries. Happy anniversary to you, happy anniversary to you, happy anniversary, God bless you, happy anniversary to you. Wonderful. I don't know of a better song for us to begin our worship service this morning than our God is lifted up. And if you aren't lifted up and sing shouts of joy, you'll need to sing it the second time. Won't you stand and join us as we sing that song? Our God is lifted up, miss the shouts of joy. Our God is lifted up in the sounding of the trumpets. Our God is lifted up, miss the shouts of joy. Shout joyfully into our God. 
shout joyfully into our God. Our God is lifted up, miss the shouts of joy. Our God is lifted up in the sounding of the trumpets. Our God is lifted up, miss the shouts of joy. Shout joyfully into our God. Shout joyfully into our God. Well done, well done. Let's sing Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. this morning there are a number of prayer requests I will not read each of those but please make note of those and remember them this next week and if you do have a prayer request that you would like to notify the church office if you will call that 323-2982 and for a text prayer group please get in touch with Karen Oldham and you have her phone number there as well I wanted to say a few words. I did not get to meet Rocky East until this morning, but I've seen a number of people that have been hugging his neck, and they've been remembering of camp meetings that they saw him. 
He also worked with the youth. He's from Westlake. And we're so thankful that you have come to join us this morning here. God bless you. I didn't know I was going to preach this soon. Y'all going to be out early today. <laughs> my wife does not allow me to preach over 25 minutes. My first pastor said, if you can't drill all in 20 minutes, you need to stop. <laughs> so that's where she has that from. But it's, it's an honor to be here. And I, I really didn't realize how many people I knew here. It's been such a long time. Uh, I've been stuck down in South Louisiana and uh, hadn't been back to, to visit. And, uh, and just it's, it's truly an honor and a blessing to see you folks. And uh, a lot of it came from camps and camp meetings as counselors and folks in here that I've known uh, that have helped shape my life. And this message from brokenness comes from my beginning as a Christian. I was raised in church, but not in a church that offered salvation and things like that. And I came to Christ later on in life. And, uh, and then I got into this thing called Church of God. And I didn't know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where that existed or in the Bible. And, and so uh, I began my process uh, of being mentored and discipled as a young man and I learned about these things called justification and sanctification. I was baptized and things like that and began to look at what these words meant. And, and when we started getting up to that sanctification area, I said, man, how could a, a, a sinner that did the things that I did become this type of person? So I started to study into that, that field a little bit and I came across this word called brokenness. And that kind of led me to this message and um, it, it led me to work with a mentor later on in life that I would spend five years with. And he asked me about if I could change something within a church, what would that be? And um, that word would be brokenness. And um, brokenness, I'll give you a quote here. To be broken is the beginning of, of revival. It is painful. It is humiliating, but it's the only way. And that's, that goes to a place in, in a church where, where people can begin to be broken. And that word sanctification is to be free from my sin and giving myself totally to God. And my question was, how could that happen? I don't know much Bible. I don't really know a lot about church. And I begin that process of studying and working and, and finally got there. And then from that point in my life, I became a youth pastor, um, associate pastor, and then a pastor, and had all these things happen in my life. And I began to pastor and did that for 20 years. And, and, and along the way, I messed up. I, I really had a passion for the Holy Spirit, the church. And, and then as I pastored, I always, I'd always look at these other pastors, and I'd see programs they were doing. Their churches were growing, and, and they were building and adding on, and I said, man, I want my church to be like that. And, you know, I started listening to what they were teaching, their programs, their ministries, and, and then I, I removed myself from the Holy Spirit at that point. And in, in all honesty, it was, it was, I wanted my church to grow. I wanted, to be, I wanted it to be God's work and things like that, but I went about it in the wrong way. And then, you know, years later, God got me back on track. Uh, it was very humbling to leave the spirit to watch other people I thought was spirit led do things and, 
But I left my position and my brokenness with God to find something a little bit maybe faster to accomplish, maybe microwaved, <laughs> instead of working hard through the Spirit and doing things right. But through that process, there's a lot of books written on all kinds of subjects nowadays. Uh, we really don't go to the Christian bookstore anymore. And we can Google and order anything, and or either process that you use, you can find out anything to make yourself better in life. And I've written a few down here. You can learn how to have peace, happiness, and fulfillment. You can learn how to have a more intimate marriage. You can have a better relationship with your kids. You can learn how to feel closer to God. You could deal with hurts and wounds. I've got books about all kind of issues with those problems you might have. You can study how to get along better with people. And you can learn to succeed at work, school, and at home. You can learn how to have an effective ministry or how to grow a great church or how to get more out of the Bible. I mean, you can learn anything out there. And with all these resources, all these things that answer our questions, all these things that help with our hurts and pains, the Christians in the church today are still empty, barren, with all these answers. It was kind of like me moving from the spirit. We, we, we put our interests in, in, into other things. But inside of us, with some of the emptiness sometimes we have, we still have this desire to have this power and presence of God. We still want to get there. And maybe you moved off a little bit like me and, and you went your own route a little bit and, and, and moved from the scriptures a little bit and, and were listening to other people, other books. And, and I'm not saying that books are bad because I read them too, but I, I'm focused more on what God has to tell me than what, what books do nowadays. And sometimes we, we look back and, and, and maybe you're like me, maybe you're not, but my heart needed to be revived a little bit after my, my, my little vacation from the Holy Spirit onto other issues. And Isaiah 57, 15 says this, the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, the Holy One says this, I live in that high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble, I refresh the humble and give new courage to those with repentant hearts. Man, a couple of words in there, contrite and humble. Uh, contrite, if you want to define it, is feeling remorse about your sin, your guilt, maybe things you've done. And humbleness is, is kind of showing a modest, you know, opinion of yourself. You know, uh, of your importance is very low compared to what God wants to do in your life. And so God is looking for people like this in his life. I, one time, a pastor of mine, we went to a, a jail after church one Sunday. A, a, a man in our church, a good friend, his nephew got caught and was in, in jail there and said, would y'all go visit him, man? He, he needs the Lord. And so we went to visit this young man and uh, me and the pastor sat there and talked to him. And, and one of the things he said, well, I'll never do this again. Uh, I learned my lesson today. And after we walked out, my, my pastor said he had no remorse. Did you see that, Rocky? He just really didn't care. And sometimes we need to let God know that I feel guilty about what I did. And that's the kind of process I went through. I said, God, I feel guilty about not listening to you and what you have for me in the church that I'm pastoring. And 
I just had a, a guilty feeling, a remorseful feeling. And then, you know, when that process took place, things began to happen very quickly, spiritually, in my life. And it's just, it's been a blessing. And in that verse, talking about the heart that God wants to revive, he has two addresses there. The first one was the high and lofty one who lives in eternity. And the second is the one who lives with a humble and contrite spirit. So wouldn't you think, this goes back to my upbringing, wouldn't you think the, the king of kings, the lord of lords, would like to live up in that heavenly kingdom all the time? But he says, no, I want to I hang out with you guys. Man, that meant so much to me. I want to be in your heart. I want to be a part of you and what you're doing. I want to be with you constantly. I want you to help make decisions in life. I just want, I want your whole life in me and I'm going to be in you. And we're just going to work these things out together. And I just said, God, this is, this is really neat. Because growing up as a kid, did y'all pray as a kid and you think God like a million miles away? I mean, that's kind of how I looked at him. I was raised. He was just like way out there. And I'm like, man, I hope he hears, you know. And I, he was listening to me all the time. And that contrite and humble person, is, is, that's the one God wants to attach himself to. That's the kind of person God could walk with through life and help. In Psalms 51, 17 is another one here. It says the sacrifice you want is a broken spirit, a broken and repentant heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Now that we're... The word repentant is really neat. And, uh, and you know, it, it's actually to, to turn away from what you're doing and, and walk away. And when I was studying that word a long time ago, I came across a, a word there that said it, it meant to be cut out. You would cut that out of your life. It's like in South Louisiana, where I'm from, when you go on a diet, you cut out fried foods and sweets. That's what you cut out. That's the famous words of us down there. I'm a cutout, you know, and that doesn't last long. But in the kingdom of God, he said, I want you to cut out some things here in your life. I want you to be broken for me. And, and, and those things that are hindering you from becoming like me, I want them removed from, from your life. And in Jesus' first sermon in, in Matthew 5, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Matthew 5, 3. And uh, he, God says here, Jesus says, you want to know how to have happiness? You got to be poor. Oh, man, that don't, that don't sound good. You know, somebody asks you, Hi, how have you been blessed today? Oh, I, I was poor. I live in poverty spiritually. That just doesn't make sense. But Jesus came to teach us radical way of living that we just couldn't get at that point in time. And in the Greek, the word for poor is a, is a word there called beggar. And a beggar is a person who, if nobody assists him, he has no way to get himself back up or to eat. Somebody's got to reach down and help him. And what Jesus is saying spiritually, if you want to be happy, you want to have life to the fullest, blessed are those of you who figured out that spiritually, I'm, I might be a little off-centered here. I might be a little destitute. I might be a little bankrupt spiritually. That's the message. We, we got to find out and get to that point where we say, God, I just need you only. That's what he's looking for in the scriptures here. And we'll never, 
have the church, the revival, the atmosphere that we want till we become broken people that sanctified people that is just separated for God in his use. And that's what he's called the, the church out to be. Now there's misconceptions about uh, brokenness. And I've, I've seen this happen through my years of ministry. And, and, and number one, some people think broken is to walk around looking sad and looking gloomy. It's not it. Number two, some people uh, think it's very, uh, to be very emotional, crying, shedding tears or buckets of tears. That's not it either. And some people think brokenness is having some tragic event happen in your life. And, and things like this do break you, but it's not the brokenness that God is looking for in our life. So what's true brokenness? What, what's true brokenness? And we're going to spend a little few minutes on this here. True brokenness, it, it's, it's not a, a feeling or an emotion, but it requires a choice. It's an ongoing choice that we make that we will follow through the rest of our lives here. And one of the definitions here is true brokenness is an ongoing, constant way of life. True brokenness is a lifestyle of agreeing with God about our true, the true condition of our heart. Not as other people think or other people judge, but as God reveals to us. That's what brokenness d definition is. Now, this one right here, this one will hit home pretty hard to you. And this is kind of what happened to me in, in my process. Brokenness is a shattering of my self-will. The absolute surrendering to the will of God and submitting my life to his direction. And that may sound easy, but the devil has kind of put a spiritual gift into our life called pride. That sometimes don't let us break loose and, and get there. And, you know, and, and as years I passed, I had these people with personalities, you know, they, they, they told, told it like it was. God made me that way. No, that's not a spiritual gift. That's not a spiritual gift, folks. There's things like love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness. That, that's, that's what to look like God would look. It's defined in the Bible for us. The fruit of the Spirit's defined on what a believer would look like. And so, so some things people tell me that's nah, that's just that's just not it, you know. And the word brokenness has a, a, the meaning of being crushed. And when we were little, we used to like put rocks on the railroad track so the Engine would, cars would run over it. And when they did, it was like powder. It's like just being crushed. And also, if you've heard people like breaking horses, well, you don't break their legs. You work with that horse to it's compliant and listens and works with the rider or the trainer. And it brings it to a submissive state. And that's where God works with us in our shortcomings, our sins, the, the way we failed in life. He keeps working with us and he, he, he keeps just maneuvering around us with the spirit and then we learn things. Oh God, I was so wrong at that point in my life. But I'm going to read a statement here. And if you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this. You, you got to get this to leave this place. True brokenness Again, as a breaking of my self-will. And why does God want to do that? Why does he want to do that? 
He does it so the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, His power in His presence goes through us onto other people in our community. That's why I needed to be broken. That's why you need to be broken. This community, these people around you, wherever you go and whatever you do, if you have sin, unhealthy thoughts, unhealthy lifestyle, things God that aren't, is not pleased with in your life, it's going to come out. And you're going to manifest yourself to other people that way. So God wants that crushing and that breaking in our lives that people just see nothing but him through us. Genesis 1.26, I, I say that everywhere I go. I do discipleship work and this, this is my verse. You know, and God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit were there and said, let us make man in our image. In the Greek, that means the same. And he says in our, in our likeness, which means to reflect the original. Okay. That's, that's where we're heading in life. I don't care if you're lost, you're a new Christian, you're no Christian. Our job is heading in that direction to be just like Christ. And sometimes we, he has to break things in our life to, to get us to that point. And I was working with a mentor for six years and, and we, we talked about it a while ago. He asked me about what I could change in the church and, and I thought about that brokenness and if people could be that way. And, and we came up with this vision statement and it says, I envision a broken church that illuminates Christ in their personal life and their community. And, and my thinking was, if, if people walked through that door that didn't know Christ and they sat by one of us, they could feel the glow they could feel the presence of God just sitting next to us without us saying a word. That was my vision for the church. If we could create a church this powerful and this Christ-like, man, it would change people. They would just feel guilty sitting next to us. The unhealthy things in their life would just rise to the top. They just feel uncomfortable. It would cause them to listen to a message or want to talk to you. And then my mentor says, do you know a person like that? Do y'all know a person like that that is broken and kind of reflects Jesus Christ in their life? I told him, yeah, I know a man like that. And that man was Brother Floyd Monk in, in LeCamp Church of God. I don't know if anybody knows him. He's been, he's passed a long time ago. But when I was a baby pastor, I was still in my pampers and uh, God called me to move over there for a while and be their interim pastor at LeCamp. And, uh, and Brother Monk met with me. He said, Rocky, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do. He goes, I'm just here to pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. And that meant so much to me. Because <laughs> he, you know, I, I just, I love this gentleman. I've uh, been around his family a lot. He, he had three daughters, a son. And I was involved with their kids in state movement and, and youth camps. And just knew this family and, and just thought very highly of him. And and my mentor said, describe this man. I said, well, he's very magnetic for God, man. People are just drawn to him, you know. And, and everything that he does is centered around the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. I said, man, that's, it's just neat the way he brings stuff around. And I said, he's a guy, he had gray hair, he was very white. And he, his, his countenance just shined for, for Jesus. He just, this person who every time we talked, anything we talked about, the family, uh, his daughters and son-in-laws all were in sports and we could talk about baseball and all of a sudden he, he done turned the corner on me and had me talking about God again. 
It just everything revolved around God, the Holy Spirit in his life. He was just so genuine. I said, man, that's the man I want to be when I grow up. That's the man I want to look like and I want to emulate. I want those spiritual characteristics in my life. And so the question today, how do we get there? How do we get there? It, uh, first, sometimes we need to get an accountability partner and, and we need to talk to folks, you know, that know you well and say, hey, you know some areas I might need to be crushed? <laughs> you know, some areas that might be, some areas that I, I need to have some help in, I need some guidance in. And a lot of it comes from the word of God. And one of, the, one of the best places you can probably find it is the word and somebody that you have that's like a brother monk to me that you could sit down with and, and talk to and, and visit and just ask them questions and just let them just pour into you the knowledge that you need to become that person that you could be just like them. You can ask your mentor, help me get to the place that you're at. I want to go where you're at because from what I see, you're, you're like God, man. You're like Christ. You do everything they do. I want to be that person. And the last question I have for you today is what are the roadblocks in your life to keep you from being that person? We have to look at that second. What are the, what are the little things in my life that need me to be crushed? And I do that. And sometimes you might like it, but there's things in our lives that we don't want to let out and that needs to be transparent. You see, when that happens in your life, that's when the brokenness quote comes up. To be broken is the beginning of revival. It's painful, it's humiliating, but it's the only way. When I was young, when we had revival, First thing they tell you is bring all your lost friends. But the real revival is a church needs to be revived. Dead things can't be revived. <laughs> if they're lost, they can't be revived. Revival is where Christians kind of backslide and fall back. And, you know, we were fired up at one time. We studied at one time. Then we, we got a little lazy here and a little lazy there and it, it kind of took a while. It was a slow process. But all these things happen. And then we found our fire kind of going out. We're like a log that rose away from the fire in a fireplace. Man, it was burning in there and all of a sudden it slipped out and has this, just a little bit of glow left. A little bit of fire glow left. That's it. And it's about to go out. Unless God comes in and blows on that ember and gets it going and lights it up again, we'll roll out of there and just get cold. So God's really working on people. And I know this is a story a lot of my life, but man, if you're anything like me or struggle like me, I hope you got something from this and, and God will get you on that plane where you feel the presence and power. There's nothing more available to us than that because he said, I want to live inside you folks. So if our music team will come up, I, I want to pray and we're going to sing a song 
Uh, and if you'd like to respond or visit me, with me about what I've done in my life or any way I can help you, I sure would love to do that. And man, there's nothing better to spend time with our Heavenly Father and to talk to Him at an altar and meet Him there. It's kind of a place that He put in Scripture that, man, He would meet us and He would talk and visit because we're the sacrifice now. And we want to stand up and say, God, I need you. I want to be that person. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for this day and for these people. And God, there's so many that meant so much in here to me and helped shape my life. God, we thank you for God watching over us when sometimes we failed you, we forgot about you. And God, you were right there. And I just want to ask for your blessings upon this group that you may empower them and they may be the the light in this community around, God, that they may draw people because they're very magnetic people of God that people want to be around them. People want to talk to them, visit, and share their concerns with. May they have the most humble hearts and the most contrite spirits that this neighborhood's ever seen. Thank you for this day, God. Keep us safe as we travel home in this rain and weather. And God, just you have your way with us. And it's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Won't you stand, please? And <clears throat> we'll sing, Have Thine Own Way.
you for your presence with us and allowing God to speak through you to us. Let's have a benediction prayer, please. Father, we do thank you. We have felt your presence and your words here. Thank you for sending Rocky our way. We pray your blessings, Lord, on our lives that things that need to be crushed be crushed and we allow you to come within that everyone will see only God shining through us. We ask these things in your precious holy name. Amen.